Professional Boxing. Welcome on in. Ireland's Boxing Weekly Podcast on all things amateur, professional, domestic and international. If you'd like to find a link for all the previous episodes on any platform or if you'd just like to keep an eye on our social media, you'll find all of that and more in today's show notes. Yes, 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 yes. You are indeed welcome on in. Episode number 167. I hope this one finds you as safe and well as every other one has as we emerge, allegedly, from this latest bout of lockdown. What's coming up in this one? Well, I put the thinking cap on. Oh no, I hear you say. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. me. Rather than do what every other podcast and channel are doing around the boxing world and chase Katie Taylor or chase the Sky Card, I decided to have a little look back to where it all began. And in doing that, it took me all the way back to 2001 Halloween night and a very, very significant, momentous night. Not only was it the very first sanctioned fight Katie Taylor's career, but it was the very first sanctioned female fight in Irish boxing. I'll be brutally honest with you, I feel uncomfortable even saying that. I feel uncomfortable believing and thinking and knowing that this country was run in such a way at certain times that uh, girls... Anyway, I'm not even going to get into that one. I'm not even going to get into that one because I've just got off the phone a conversation with one of the most special, fantastic, amazing people I've talked to in a long, long time. You might think I'm joking. You might think I'm exaggerating. But I spent, I get the guts, three days writing today's episode. There you go. Change of plan. Here's what's coming. On Halloween night in 2001, two teenage girls climbed between the ropes for a fight in the stadium and many who watched, many who anticipated and many who waited predicted so many different outcomes and expected so much. Not all good, I can tell you that much. What did transpire and what did happen on that night changed the landscape of Irish sport forever. Those pictures of, of the two girls with Sadie Duffy are kind of ingrained in your head. There was a long way to get to that point. That, of course, is Neil Locker. He's journalist with the Irish News in Belfast. He's a boxing expert. There's very few, if any, fighters Neil hasn't watched, studied or written about over the years. Alana Audley and Katie Taylor almost been known to themselves. They were fighting for something an awful lot bigger and an awful lot greater and an awful lot more important than uh, just to have the hand raised by Sadie Duffy at the end of the night. Going to the National Stadium and seeing the, the, the old stadium, me and Katie done a, a bit of media kind of before with the, with the TVs and stuff, but like never that day like we thought it was going to be as big as what it was. Back then, she was a teenage boxing fanatic. She ate, slept and drank the sport, training and improving and learning every opportunity she got. Today, she is a little bit older. Not that you could tell to look. Today, she's a mum, she's a wife, she's an ABA champion, she's an Irish champion. She's travelled the length and breadth of the world, representing Ireland, representing Northern Ireland, and representing the military. She's blazed the trail for Irish female fighters, She's blazed the trail in the UK for fighting and boxing in the British Army. It was Alana's fight with Katie Taylor that night that paved the way for every Irish girl that puts on laces up a pair of gloves from that day till this. He was next door. <laughs> I was like, I'm here, Belfast, lads! And every now and then, every now and then in this podcast adventure of mine I get to speak to somebody who just lights up the day lights up the week reminds me why I'm doing this 
reminds me all that's good and great about this game. Accommodation I always found was very important for boxers. They have comfortable, they have to have their beds proper, you know, mm. and not too many in a room because they can they suck the air out of the room. Yeah. That lady there travelled as many air miles on as many aeroplanes and stayed in as many hotels and unusual beds and has as many stories as any fighter that boxed for Ireland over the last 10 or 20 years. Anna Moore is a Limerick lady. She's St. Francis Boxing Club through and through. She's seen the good days, the bad days. She's seen everything else that's in between. She was around for she was team manager for Irish boxing teams and was there at the very beginning when Katie Taylor made a breakthrough as a tender young 15 year old. She was there the night she fought Alana Audley and she's been there or thereabouts pretty much every time since. And I can only say this as a parent and as a boxing fanatic myself that if I knew my child or my fighter was under the care and the auspices of somebody like Anna Moore, I would sleep sound every night. If we're going by official title, is it team manager? But in reality, in essence, she was a on the road when these girls were fighting, when they were checking into hotels and they were fighting in all these foreign, far off places. She was a she was like a mother figure, a grandmother figure, a caring figure, somebody who went to fight for them not just because she was told to, because she wanted to, because it comes naturally to her. I've never believed Katie got the absolute full backing and full love of the country in the in the way that Italia 90 got. I know that didn't happen. And I'm, I, it pains me sometimes to think of it. And I know some people will argue and debate and they'll say, oh, you're making big, wide, sweeping statements about her being, about her, in, about her impact and her importance on boxing. Now, you might think that's a bit strong, but think about it. If that fight didn't get go ahead... We might never have heard of Katie Taylor. We might never have heard of Alana Audley. Which means then, Katie didn't go on to win the amount of titles she did. She wouldn't have boxed the Olympic showcase to allow female boxing into the Olympics. Who knows where we'd be today. Alana wouldn't have gone on to box for Ireland, to box for Northern Ireland, Commonwealth Games, to win her own titles. The list of possibilities is endless. But what is amazing, the two girls with no agenda with no <laughs> uh, campaign behind them, with no hashtags ha- hanging out with them, nothing. They got in to fight for the win. And what's transpired since has been just, it's just a little bit special. A couple of little points of reference before we go across to that conversation with Alana. You're going to notice, or hopefully you might notice, that when I speak to Alana about her importance, about her role, about her part in history, that she, yeah, she acknowledges it, she accepts it, but she quickly moves on and passes it and defers it on to Katie or to others. You will hear when I speak about her family, her brother, Lewis, about her husband, Ches, uh, how you, you, you should be able to hear the smile. You, will, you can almost see the smile. She takes absolute maximum pride and pleasure in speaking about those loved ones around her. Her role and her part is arguably the greatest. And I mean that with maximum respect to Lewis, and I mean it with maximum respect to Chesery. It just speaks volumes about the type of girl she is, and it made that conversation all the more enjoyable. I, I, I took boxing up to kind of keep fit. Wasn't interested in competing. And then went to a few sessions and I was hooked. I was tw- 12 going on 13. Boxed at Sandro Boxing Club. Halloween night 2001, myself and Katie Taylor became the first ever sanctioned female fight in Ireland. So that's a big part of history, that one. Um, going back those many, many years ago. And from that, I boxed for Ireland. And... Um, 
first international at 16 in Iceland in Reykjavik and went on from there to box all over the world um, with it, with the Team Ireland and represented Northern Ireland at two Commonwealth Games in 2014 Glasgow and in 2018 in Australia and currently in the Army. Yeah, I've been boxing and representing the Army the last 11 years as well. And in between all that, you're married to Ches, also a professional fighter. He's a multiple ABA champion, active service as well in the Army. Your mum to, to little Max and stepmom to... Molly May. It's it's incredible. But 2001, it's it's hard to believe, isn't it? It really is. I know. Even though it was the years and years ago, I still feel like it was yesterday. I remember it like yesterday. Going to the National Stadium and seeing the, the, the old stadium and, and, and where the, everyone used to train. Me and Katie done a bit of media kind of before, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, the, with the TVs and stuff. But like never that day, like we thought it was going to be as big as what it was, you know. And then um, to see how well she's came and done what she's done for the women's boxing, like kind of fly the flag and all us girls have got behind her and like, you know, held the flag too. It's been, it's great to see where it is now. Women's boxing is absolutely buzzing and it's just great to be, you know, in that air off it. I'm probably one of the old timers who grew up with it all, so seeing all these names coming up, exciting stuff. Truly is. There was something very special when Katie boxed uh, Natasha Jonas in the Olympics. Yep. Um, there's something very special about both of them and, and I warmed, likened and supported Tasha since that. Look, we want our girl to win. We always want the Irish of to course. win. But um, she, she, we kind of adopted her almost as one of our own that day. To your, your fight that night, was there any idea or could you have ever had any inclination as to what it, what it was going to lead to? Or was it to you? Was it just, I'm going to Dublin for another fight? That was it, yeah. Back then, obviously, a lot of good boxing clubs didn't have girls. Um, mm. Boxing for them, and as hard as it sounds, they didn't want girls. You know, mm. it was looked as a male-dominated sport. And it's only starting to break through the barriers, barriers now that... Uh, is accepted and they're crying out for girls to join um, clubs but yeah it was just another fight in the cards and the fact that it was like someone from Dublin you know from from, from down south fighting from a girl from up north it was yeah it was it was great I had my nan come along with me and um, to support me at night and she was ours cheering on bless her soul and that was just an experience to you know to share and always look back on it was a packed out stadium yeah. I remember it being so busy and you had elder guards boxing on it as well that night yeah it was it was obviously we were the first female bite on it but there was a few other females as well on a boxing that night kind of took off from there and Ireland's boxing female boxing has just grew strength from strength and really um like so proud to be a part of that as good as the fight itself was the styles clashed everything clashed it was so new it was so raw there was a bit of anticipation there was a little bit of I suppose anxiety people would have and and we know now the mines in Ireland at that stage sadly they were closed truth being told it took a little bit longer than it should have even after that momentous night for things yeah. to get to, for the momentum to grow but right now the girls in the gym are the lifeblood of the gyms they're, they're incredible yeah. the work they're doing can you see the difference across the board? Yeah, big time. Like I say, it wasn't women's boxing back then. You, you, I didn't spar by any other guards until we went away on training camps and you know the competitions and stuff. We never really got to spar any other guards apart from like Katie or herself. You know, there was never other guards in the country so to look at it now and see young girls from as young as like seven eight in gyms you know like on Instagram and on the pads and seeing the quality of yeah. of the standard of the girls boxing it's on another level it's it's where it should be because that's not much about here it is a male dominated sport well sure should I should say it was yeah. a male dominated sport you know and you go into it looking at 
the money side of it, things and that, and the men get more money, this and that. At the end of the day, you're there to fight, turn up and box, and that's what it was all about. Very, very humbling. In the build-up to the fight, can you remember, was it... Most fighters just want to get in the ring and fight. They don't really want to know much about it. Can you remember being aware of, of any of the hype? It certainly grew as, close, as the fighter got close, didn't it? Not really, but I, I do remember it just being packed out. And I do remember when me and Katie were getting stuck into each other, our gums would come out. And then, our gums, and then I just remember there being a longer minute's rest or whatever. It just seemed a bit longer in the rounds. I remember just being sat in the corner and doing something and being like... This is taking for ages here, do you know what I mean? But again, obviously she boxed it, but I was in there, took no prisoners like, mm-hmm. and yeah, we both like both went for it, and the the amount of um, the applause at the end of it, everyone was on their feet. You had Siri Duffy, who, female judge, holding the hands up, you know, so to have three females in the ring, a judge and two female boxing, you know, there's a picture of that, you know, so it's a, an iconic picture paved the way for so much and your careers then I suppose have gone on different track because I mean you've taken all the qualities all the disciplines all the all the key ingredients it takes to make top champion fighter just they're very similar qualities that it takes to make a soldier and to represent in in the in the armed forces is that fair to say it is indeed it is again you know is very disciplined very structured you have to be on the ball the exact same as in boxing very very similar um, the mindset as you say I mean, you have to have all those qualities and that's what probably as well steered me into the kind of boxer and person that I've, I've turned out to be and I've been in the army gosh now over 10 years and what I've done within the, within the military um, um, my boxing career co- um, combined together you know it's something to always look back on and to be proud of um, yeah and I kind of steered the way for women's boxing within the army I kind of you know I trailblazed it within within the military and women's boxing in the military now is booming we've got girls at GB we've got girls at Scotland it's great to see it again just for the record myself and Alana did this interview about a month ago full disclosure uh, the, the quality didn't do the interview just it was poor and I and I reached out to Alana and, and incredible as she is she gave me a little bit more of her time and I'm very very much appreciative of it H- having blazed the trail in, in Ireland on, and, and opened so many doors and the army too would have been a very male dominated um, environment was it I don't know if you can say harder or was it similar or was it just different or, or was it a much of, just about your attitude and how you approached it 100% your attitude and and when I joined the army I had this 20 year old come in at Box for Ireland I'd been at that level world championships you know so I had that to carry with me and when I joined there was no female boxing like it was kind of again sideline and sidetracked I actually went to a civilian club in Woking and boxed out of there because there wasn't much happening within like the army boxing it was all males and at, at that time I remember them having at least six ABA champions yeah. and I remember going up and trying to get sparring and stuff, and it, again, it was it was unheard of. They they started a, a female army boxing team. I actually have an old jacket that says "Army Female Boxing Team." And I keep that now and look back. And yeah, when I first joined up, it was it was a bit hard and a bit different but because of, 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 of where I came from and how I was brought up I just thrived off it and carried myself sparring with the lads and showing that listen here I'm just as good as these boys a few years after that I'd say probably about a year and a half they had a new big massive building um, built up and the, the females and males trained together from then and they have done ever since and it's just it's just normal now I was a part of that different era when it was segregated didn't train together but because I joined the army with that I think I had like at least 50 plus bouts. I had exhibitions. I had a bit of way boxing for Ireland. You know what? When I joined up, some people were a bit like, oh, who's this last? Who's this? But then 
I got in the ring and shut them up. So it just kind of, you know, as I say, I trailblazed it for, for the army boxing. Um, and now, again, it's where it should be. You know, the girls are just, just as good as the boys. There was a little debate that's broke out recently, and it's a, it's a fair discussion, I believe. And I think it was Pete Taylor training with the lads. Does it give you a little bit of an extra edge, or does it depend on then the levels that you're training at and the fighters that are around? So, although when Pete spoke about that, he again, he was back in the era where there was no guards about. You know, he had to take Katie here and there to get sparred. And, you know, we sparred down there with a lot of lads, with Paddy Barnes, Frampton, all the, all the lads I got. And, and that did help, especially back then. So it did help training with the boys. But speaking about it today, does it still help? Yeah, it does. But at the same time, you've got that amount of guards in certain mm-hmm. clubs that regardless if it's their female or male, it just brings you brings that, that edge there because that competitive edge, regardless if you're a female or you're a male in boxing gyms, I think it shouldn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Talking to, to, to a lot of girls and a lot of lads, and, and a lot of lads will be honest about it as well. Um, when they get tagged, there's a pride thing kicks in. There's an ego kicks in, and they want to oh. get that back, don't they? Oh, definitely. Oh, I've been involved many of, many of them within the army, and the bells went, and we haven't stopped punching after it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wanted, to, I wanted to take her heads clean off as Sandy Roger came out of me, and I was like, come here, you here. I fill you in, son. Poor um, Ches. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful part of this story that Ches made his pro debut on the undercard in the O2 Arena. You yeah. truly was, was working the corner. How, yeah. how was that? Oh, it's class. So when Ches he, he boxed amateur 2018, won the ABA at super heavyweight, and decided right, I'm going to go pro. February 2019 it was and uh, John Edwards rung him up at Christmas I've got your date for your pro debut so on the Chris Eubank the Gale undercard in the O2 and we were like class mm. when he went to get his boxing license I, I went to get my um, coaching license down at the British Board of Boxing we both turned up had our interviews I actually was flying back from Eindhoven that morning um, for a boxing tournament we met up in London yeah we went and got our license together and then you don't really hear of a wife oh. training the husband you know I mean but yeah I work well with his coach John Edwards and the team that they have in Guildford City and they were wanting me in the corner having me in the corner definitely gives Chez that extra bit of support and someone in turn to there's no one that knows Chez better than me um, and that's in and out of the ring so to be in that I remember walking out and going down the corridors and you had like all the names on the doors funny enough Anto Cacacci was boxing that night and he was next door uh, no way. and I could hear I could hear Belfast voices and I was like <laughs> I can hear Belfast lads and I bombs out and we Joe Fitzpatrick was there as well so I know Joe from the Commonwealth Games and Anto was there and it was like ah lads and yeah it was just lovely to and nobody had you. a clue what you were talking about <laughs> yeah and then she has got on there he boxed you know what I mean? Your man get your man came. He fought in his first first, first fight. It was a tough nut. The lad, his box was no was no mug. You know what I mean? He came out and tried and knock his out. And the, honestly, that last round, I was watching. If the camera had been on me, I was head moving, rolling, and bloody hell, shot a boxing. In and the am right. I right in saying you were you were pregnant at the time? Were you? Ah, uh, yes. I literally, I didn't know I was pregnant. Uh, I just found out the week after. Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was winner yeah, all around. Yeah, Chez obviously he's inspired me as well. Within boxing, you know, he's been a big part of of my boxing journey too. Likewise with his, and to have to have that like network and support yeah. in the household, it's not easy though. It's busy life. Both, both working full time soldiers. Army boxing at the minute is still on on pause. The boxing team's not full time training again, so we're both back working on units. 
he trades at Guildford City at the night, you know, so there's some nights we're not even seeing each other and he doesn't get in the eight o'clock and, you know, that's the bit where you have to sacrifice and as a mum now and obviously my kids come first um, I try to fit my training in here and there because I have to work around my family and once the army boxing team's back and running which is in working hours is more suitable for me But it's a beautiful side to that story Again, for anyone that's not familiar with it, he's boxed the best, the very best, the likes of Billum Smith and those. He's beaten them all in the amateurs. He got off to a flying start, but, um, and, and you're very much there and part of the, part of the team and the setup. You've also got a little brother who's making big, big, big oh, moves yes. at the moment. He's making big moves and I can hear the smile there now. Um, <laughs> how is it watching fights like, particularly like that last one? Oh God, he, honest to God. Um, Obviously, I get nervous because he's my brother, but I hold it, hold it together. Um, and seeing my dad in the corner, Ricky in yeah. the corner. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing feeling to see, uh, just to see Lewis out there defend his title, you know, and he's in such a good category. Um, his weight class is like booming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he boxed brilliant, you know. See the rankings this week were out. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> he's up I there, know. been mentioned in the same paragraph as Terence Crawford. That's something else. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy. He just, you know, he's he's climbing up that ladder um, in his own pace nicely, and you know, before we know it, before we know it, we're going to see there's big things to come. I don't want to say because he's my wee brother, but I've known from day one the kid's got it. The kid's yeah. he's, he's he's got it, you know, and and you can train hard, you can do all all the hours in, but when you've naturally got that that wee something extra, something special, and that's what Lewis has. He's got a very um, special bond as well with Deed, and there's something really special about that. There's so many. Links to him it's incredible oh big you know? time a big time I remember Dee messaging me I was in Ukraine and I put something like a video up my story um, about like you know when you're like kind of wrestling and you're trying to it's more or less it's for footwork but he messaged me and was like Alana uh, so I don't, don't, don't mind me asking just wondering what what is the, se- the sense you know for that What the, and asking questions because obviously I was in Ukraine everyone mm-hmm. has different techniques and he was just everything as you say he's like he just absorbs everything and he looks at all different aspects of training you know, and him and Lewis have such a like good, as you say, a bond, and they're on the same level. He knows Lewis. Lewis has worked with some great um, coaches in the past, but him and Dee are on their level, and, and Dee is the man that can take mm-hmm. him to where Lewis can, you know, wants to be. Teamwork makes the dream work. Last fight gave him a few questions too, which he answered and came back with a million and one. And I, I have to say, I was a. I, I'm generally calm enough. I was a basket case. I was like, oh, get off the road, get move. He just went to that next level and it was incredible. It's safe to say, Alana, to wrap it up, the family, it's a discipline, it's determination, it's representation is a big, big thing. And Belfast boxing has been on a high. Carl Frampton is a fella. He's represented Belfast people, not just boxers, in, in a way that yeah. most couldn't and wouldn't. There's a void, there's, there's a space. It's 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 very raw and sad at the moment. Oh yeah, I know. Um, just from your own what it's meant and, and the feeling around Belfast when those fight nights are on. Oh, it's amazing, you know what Frampton brought to Belfast City. You know, there's a goosebumps. You know, yeah, he. he brought both sides together you know and in boxing as itself you know the way it's always been it's always been one sport and, and people come together and yeah it's just electric um, and he I've inspired been the young Lewis as well didn't he well, you, yeah he you did take, you, you have to be credited for, for taking the young Lewis to his first fight is that right I, I, I do yeah I remember actually taking Lewis to watch um, when was it Ulster Hall when Lindbergh beat Frampton that night right. I remember because obviously Frampton was a, a good kid everyone was speaking about him as, as a youngster and um, Van Lindbergh beat him that night when we went to um, the, the Ulster Hall and then obviously 
watching watching him with his fights and Lewis obviously Lewis was always quite similar quite similar style to Frampton as a young kid um, only a bit taller yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah like Frampton's done done amazing and that's a big um, for Lewis you know someone that I look up to and idolise and such a role model and it would be great for Lewis to follow in his footsteps and as we all sit down on Saturday night to watch the fight, from your own point of view, it, it's does it does it resonate? Does it or is it just is are you just completely comfortable? It's just what you do, or does it does it? Do you ever take a second to land at the stop and think I played a big part in this? This is this is down like all the young girls now, and you're young, your your stepdaughter and people the likes if they choose, they now have the option, don't they? That's 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 most important. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's just second nature to me, but it's great to see kids come on and watch the younger girls. You know, even the other week, Ebony Bridges and Shannon Courtney, the, the amount of stick people give them because we're fighting for a world championship. And at the end of the day, you know, so what? Like, they kind of shut everybody up. They went in there, they put on a cracking performance and they showed great got determination and that's all you want in a fight you want to you want to be on the edge of your seat and that fight last week it was class it was other, we were all shouting I was like go on girls it was it was good to see but not everyone likes to see women getting busted up and, that, and all that but it's boxing it's going to happen you get in the water you're going to get wet very last point as we come out of lockdown now it's it's optimism it's it's for bright eyes it's hope it's in it's it's in endeavor it's everything you're probably hard to answer for definite but where are we likely to see Alana the next time are we likely to see it working the corner of chairs are we likely to see you coaching are we likely to see <laughs> I'm doing a wee alley shuffle as you say now uh, well definitely be in Chez's corner like I say army boxes at the minute um, we'll know next month when the when dates when it can be back up and running I'm a big part of army boxing I'm going to be probably finish my career within the army with always sticking coaching and going to that but there's, there's a wee itch there still there's yeah. a wee itch and even Chaz was like well what's the point of going back and boxing when you've boxed at 60 you've boxed at 64 set yourself a new goal go at 69 go and go and win another title an ABA title at another weight go and do that then. and then we both sat down actually it was after I came off the phone due I sat around about 67 kilos when I boxed at 64 I'm a big girl I'm a strong girl and I spar girls in that weight category all the time when I'm 64 and I'm bashing these girls up you know what I mean? And that's why a part of me is thinking, I've got one more season left in me. And I know now if I didn't go back and do it, I'd always regret it. I'm still young, I'm fit, and I've got that hunger still. Do you know what I mean? As much as my mum, I've got my kids, I'm thinking, do you know what? Let's get a third ABA title on the go. Let's go get, get the, let's just do a Chris Bassey and get three weights categories. Why not? Give the 69 something to run about this time, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I'm going to do one more season, keep within the coaching, and then I'll probably, I'll, I'll definitely have my gloves up after my, my last season. As I say, I've got that right people around me. Chez yeah. is a brilliant motivator for me um, the boxing team uh, the, the guys that I work with you know they want me back they're like nah nah you've still got one more season you know they, like my coaches like they want me back so it's good like it's it's, it's that good feeling that buzz feeling that as you say you know you, once you got it you never lose it Chez is boxing within the next few months I'll be in his corner and hopefully by August the team will be back up and running full time and then within the next year I'll definitely go for another another ABA title Stand back, folks. Stand back. There's a woman on a mission. I mean, where, where do you start to unpack all that? Where? Like, the, the enthusiasm, the, the zest, the, the absolute drive, the, the, the will, the, the, the determination. 
And who's going to be the one to tell her? Who's going to be the one to say, look, no, you can't do that. You're not doing that. You shouldn't do that. Why? Who, who wants to be that person? Because as we heard as well, it'll bring the Sandy Raw girl out in her. Just a privilege. That's all I can say. Thank you for your time. Thank you for speaking with me. And thank you for being so honest. And I was chatting with Kieran from Boxing Bants earlier on. Shout out to Kieran. Um we were talking about enthusiasm we were talking about how motivation and how how inspiration that can can lack at times we can we can we can go through we all go through peaks and troughs and it was just after that i spoke with a lady who would have worked hand in glove to rob upon um, with the fighters for for quite some time and her role was probably everything from getting them onto a plane getting them off a plane to listening to their their worries and their concerns, to helping them celebrate their wins and to drying their tears when they lost. I was wasn't expecting I don't ever expect anything from anybody in, in these calls. I just take people as I find them and, and listen to their stories and, and tell their stories with the very best ability that I have. And I can tell you this much, when I rang Anna Moore earlier on I I was I, I did so with that approach and she's it's what three hours now since I spoke to her and I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm just yeah she's a special lady a very very special lady and I don't doubt for one minute that when she cracks the whip the whip gets cracked and everybody knows about it but when you hear the passion and you hear the care she has not just for Katie not just for Kelly not just for but for everybody she names them, she talks about them, she speaks of them as if they're her own, and she looks out for them as if they're her own, because in her mind, they are her own. Here's Anna Moore. She should have boxed other people. Consistently. Before she, consistently before. But I, I, the only thing is, I am nervous. Why? No. I'm very nervous. I know Katie. Katie mm. could even stop her. I do know that. But it's in England. Mm-hmm. It's in Manchester. And you know the English. As a manager, it's very important that you know when to be there and when you know to step back. Well, that's what I was you going know. to get around to. Your role. It's like anything, Anna, when you're good at doing stuff and you're doing... <laughs> it's always... I've been okay. so long now. Yeah, the case, the answer is always, OK, so you go ahead and do that. But one of your many roles was, was team manager and people have an idea that sounds very highfalutin. But... Oh, no, it's not. Spent eight hours, eight hours in China getting us the right accommodation. That's the first thing. First of all, you have to collect all the passports. You have to make sure they're all there at the right time. You have to get them on that plane and make sure that they all have their passports. And I, I, I can't tell you how many times passports have gone missing. But um, the thing about it is we got to China two or three times. The accommodation I always found was very important for boxers because they have comfortable. They, they have to have their beds proper, you know, mm. and not too many in a room because it can suck the air out of the room, yeah. you know. So we had ordered two double rooms and three singles and Katie always had her own room. Pete Taylor and Zara shared the room, my room, and Molly, our physio, was coming the week after she needed her room. We got there and they were putting the girls into triple room. So I went up and looked at the room and I said, no. I said, that happened. I said, there wouldn't have to be, that have been squashed in, there would mm. have had no... Eight hours before I actually got us the proper rooms. But I got them. Eventually, I got them. (laughs) 
that's the start of it, you know. And they're the things that the likes of Katie they would never forget. Another time we were in we were in Holland, and like that, now we had all double rooms booked for us. And when we got there again, there were triple. And I said, "It's three single beds," and they said, "No, there's a double bed and <sighs> a, a pull out, a pull out bed with two single beds." And I said to Lynn McHenry, I said, "Lynn, go up and look at them rooms." Down and I know, and the girl I was dealing with from the Dutch Federation came up with me. If you saw where they wanted them to sleep, lucky enough, we were always there maybe before most of them had come, so you could argue your point with them, you know. Mm. And so I argued, I said, There's no one here, any of us. I said, So I can't see it. I said, You can see there. I said, This is what we were told was here for us. I said, That's what we want. Eventually, again, after maybe an hour or two, we got the double rooms for the girls. So you've got friends all over the world, is that fair to say? Or you've got uh, oh. <laughs> people that you battled with uh, before the globe was laced? You have to, you have to. What I want to look back at, Anna, and it's hard to believe it's near, it's 20 We're not after being talking about what you were ringing me about. Nah, listen, <laughs> I'll talk boxing all day and night with anybody. Then, I love it. That's me. That's me. All day if you long. start me in boxing, I can't stop. Do you know what it makes me laugh too? There are people that can talk boxing. And there's people think they know about they know nothing about it. And they try to over talk you. And I love the conversation where you're I love being wrong, if that makes sense. You love learning and love listening and it's just it's just a special And because I tell you in boxing there's always something to learn. Absolutely. It only hit me last night and it hit me here again this morning when I was chatting to Alana. A lovely girl, Alana. Yeah. I don't know, is it fair to say, but you couldn't have picked two better girls to be the first, to be the role models, to be no. the ones that... It almost washed over them, didn't it? It, it almost... And did you know, that night, at that, uh, as far as I can remember now, that was 2002, and Ireland were boxing Denmark, Andy Lee, I think, was boxing on it. Myself and Sadie Duffy were asked to go, Fiona Hennigan, but Fiona couldn't go, to watch two girls... We were just starting out, like, in a committee at the time for for female boxing. And um, we were asked to go and see what we thought of these two girls that Mercedes was recommending to go to the World Championship. The two girls brought over from England, Nick Adams. Oh, Nick Adams, yeah. Who, she boxed her that night. And at that time, we say, Nick Adams was not even heard of, yeah. like, and they decided that let Alana and Casey box at the interval. Well, myself and Sophie were sitting down and I was watching and I I really now was wowed. Mm. I could not believe. And I remember saying to Sadie, oh my God, if this is what girls boxing is going to be about, they're brilliant. And they were. And, you know, there was a lot of people there, you know, to have a good laugh. Mm-hmm. But I tell you something, the first minute there was no one laughing. They were in. They were in awe of Katie and and uh, Lana because they they put on. Oh my God, they were superb. Even talking to her last night, I said, Alana, we're twenty years on now. You played. I know she Katie. Did. Katie yeah. is what Katie is. I would have said I don't believe in perfection, but I would have said you couldn't have picked. And the way they've gone about their careers since Alana has done everything with the army. She's done everything. With- yeah. Oh, they travelled. They travelled Europe together, and they became great they friends. Were the first yeah. two. Oh, they were great friends. My first ever trip out of Ireland was as a coach manager. Pete and Katie didn't come. It was just Alana, so I done coach manager with Alana at that time. But that was my first time away, and she was the loveliest girl. But that night in the stadium, they showed mm-hmm. the males involved in boxing and anybody else that was there what female boxing was about. And just looking at both of them that night, you saw 
two stars were yeah. being born, Katie and Alana. You could see it. You could, I mean, you just sit there mm-hmm. and your mouth was open and everybody was just, they couldn't believe the technique and the skill of these two 15 year olds. You're, you're, um, you're like a, you're a manager, you're a mom, you're a nan, you're everything rolled into one for these girls when they're, when they're, when needs be, aren't you? Well, I, I don't know, but I know what you call it. Kelly Harrington calls me her boxing mother. Ah. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, you go as a manager, um, you have to know how to deal with, with girls. Girls are not like boys. No. And you have to understand these things and you have to be there for them. And you have to pick them up when they're down and when they're beaten. And it, it's hard on them. They, they put so much hard work into winning. And competing. Head, heading into Saturday night with the legacy of everything we've talked about, what's your, what, what do you see it going? How, how is it going to play out? And, and, and what, how long more are we going to have this living legend in our, in our midst? I, I honestly, my hand in my heart, could not see Tash. And I am so fond of Tash. I told you, she got me tickets to my grandson for the Liverpool matches. She's not ready. Boiling gentlemen. Fight Associated, Belfast-based brand. Click the shop link in today's show notes and check out their latest ranges, which include Lewis Crocker, Paul Highland Jr., Owen O'Neill. I'm waiting to hear what's coming next. Whether you're a fighter or a fan, it has to be quality, style, value. Boil and gentlemen. Act accordingly. And just before we wrap it, I spoke last night to Neil Lochran, who, as I said earlier, he is the journalist, sports journalist, He's a boxing correspondent, a boxing enthusiast. I would say, in my opinion, a close to a boxing expert as you're likely to find on this island. There's not too many, if any, fighters that he hasn't either seen, hasn't spoken with, interviewed. His right-hand man is Goomba. The guy that spends hours and hours on trips to interviews and everything else is none other than Irish boxing legend Huey Russell. So, between the pair of them, what they don't know, it's not worth knowing. He spent a few minutes of his time last night, late last night, and, and thank you to Neil for, for taking the time to speak with me. It was my first time to chat with him, and it was, an, it was a joy. It really was a joy. But here's his thoughts on the events and, and, and their, their impact. It's very easy to kind of hone in on, I suppose, that night, that Halloween night in 2001, and everybody, everybody knows the date and remembers the occasion for what it was and you know those pictures of of the two girls with Sadie Duffy are kind of ingrained in your head but there was a long there was a long way to get to that point uh, um, and a lot of a lot of the the work I suppose or a lot of the the pushing came from from Katie's father Pete in the years beforehand to try to get um like the, the status for women's boxing because it just there just wasn't that interest there even you know it's 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 crazy to think that even it was only four years before, like it was nineteen ninety seven, whenever Jane Couch wasn't even allowed yeah. to, you know, and this is this is going into professional where where the, there was a bit of an established scene, like there was really no no established scene at all in, in amateur boxing. But in, even four years earlier in, in pro ranks, like Jane Couch, you know, she had been offered ten thousand pounds to to fight at Wembley Arena, and the the British Boxing Board turned her down, you know, basically on the account of her being a woman mm-hmm. and. Um, that tells you probably where the public mood or the public attitude to it was and, and, and within the sport as well. It just, there wasn't that willingness to embrace women's boxing. Um, there's, there, 
to this day, there are still elements who aren't. But then, you know, it was very much seen as, I don't know if taboo is the, is the right word, but, you know, it, it needed it needed something to break through that glass ceiling a bit. And I think having those two young girls, and I remember, like, the thing that I remember about it, Al, as much as anything, is the, is the build-up to it in the papers and on RTE and stuff through the week, um, because... It was treated like a novelty to an extent, and and Katie was like Katie's quiet now, but she was super shy then. And you know, but there was just this young girl, and then whenever you saw her fight at the stadium, you were like everybody was kind of taken taken aback by it. Um, so I think I think it was it's a, a hugely significant night, but so much work had gone on to get to that stage, and it still it still didn't like it wasn't like that was the. You know that was it was that night, and then everything suddenly fell into place because it didn't. But it was it was certainly in, term, in the context of Irish boxing, it was hugely significant. Yeah, it wasn't an instant change, and like you say, it was it was very hard to make that connection between the Katie you see out of the ring and then the, mm. the, the flip the switch. The Alana was quite the same. That's right, and like just even thinking of the the build up to it, and I remember talking to Alana a couple of years back about it, and you know she was saying about how even the you know part of the the promotion to that fight was that you know they wanted the two girls like in the ring on their own, they wanted the the cameraman wanted they wanted them to skip and this kind of thing, and she, she was kind of looking at this ring going, this is bloody massive, like the the ring and in the stadium is big, mm. um, as anybody who's been there knows, and like she had only had a couple of exhibitions um, up north and I think it started to dawn on her then, you know, the the extent of it. Like, it, yet, you know, probably it's only now at this stage of Alana's career and like Alana's in her, in her 30s now, same as Katie. You know, it's probably only now that those two um, women appreciate really the um, impact that they had and, and, and how important that was because I think at the time... At the time, I don't think you know that, that they would they would have really they, they could never have known how how significant it was going to be. And then there was the famous painting and all that, 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 was, that was made that was that was done to you know to market. Um, but but you know like they, they probably couldn't have, couldn't have expected that that it would get the kind of attention or become that landmark occasion that it has. And as you said, it's crazy how it has turned out that Katie would goes on to become the most famous female boxer in, in, in the world. Alana, who was her opponent that night, um, she goes on to become one of the foremost female boxers, certainly um, in, in the North, and goes to the Commonwealth Games in 2014, wins a bronze medal, goes again in 2018. She was team captain, you know, and I remember like Alana is from from Sandy Row in, in, in South Belfast. I remember her and James McGivern, who's like a big Celtic fan yeah. from the Lower Armour <laughs> Road. And they were thick as thieves, but just absolutely ripping the back out of each other the whole time, you know. And she, I just, that, that's my memory of Alana as much as anything. And her, you know, we touched on her, her come forward style yeah. in, in the ring, but she just had this great um, personality about a camp, you know, for like a, a team. She was a polar opposite of Katie, I suppose, in that in that way, in that she was she was so bubbly and so, so lively, and just you know she just really got the got the thing going. Um, whereas Katie was like 
always too single-minded. Um, and Alana was just a, bit, a larger-than-life character. She, she still is. Um, but she really brought a lot, and they, they both did so much, really. Before I, I let you go, Neil, was in classic Irish style that we, we almost <laughs> threw the baby out with the bathwater then. We haven't not let the girls in for so long. We almost missed out on Kelly Harrington, where she was kept waiting. Sinead Kavanagh was lost to the game. But yeah. what's there now... It's a different level again. Yeah, and and again, the, the legacy of so much of that goes back to to Kitty foremost, you know. And if you talk to any of those, I was going to say emerging talents, but a lot of them are established now in their own rights. If you think of the the Michaela Walshes, um, even Carly, you know, Carly's not a kick in the arse off Kitty in terms of age, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you have the younger ones coming through, the likes of you know Dana Murhouse and people like that, you know. And and if you ask any of them who who their inspiration was, or like you know, like Katie was Katie was the one who really made girls like that believe that it was possible, or and and to see that you know that this this was something that was an option, which before it just it just wasn't on the radar, and then, and, and then all of a sudden yeah. it was, you know. And I think you know you know you, you touched on the the talent that, that's okay. coming through. And when it, when it, whenever you go to the stadium and you you see Evelyn Agallo, you see the likes of um, Keir Smith, you know, and and the talent that these girls have. Um, even we have Caitlin Phelan now, who's you know representing Ireland on the international stage. You know, the, and that, again, that has all sprung from from where where Kitty and, and Alana led. And that, like, whenever I spoke to Kitty a few years ago, that was one of the things she said. Like she said, people nowadays, you know, the thing that she's proud of is that people don't even talk about it necessarily as as female boxing. They just talk about it as boxing. You know, it, it is just it's just a an ex, you know a part of the sport. Um, which is all that that I suppose the likes of Katie ever wanted was it just to be to be able to do what you wanted to do and to be seen as an equal and just to do it and not to be anything else. I suppose we're thinking yeah. of Olympics now, but that's yeah, in a conversation for another day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's like it is. It's as you mentioned, it's frustrating that we've basically lost a year, and you do you lose that, um, you know, the, the 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 potential for like a Michael Conlon or whoever to come through. Um, in that last year, and and really make you know go, and go to the Olympics and make an impact the way he did in twenty in twenty twelve, that has sort of been lost, you know. So and you just hope that once boxing like gets back uh, up and running later this year and that competitions be, uh, recommence, that a lot of those those boxers, you know, male and female who were making waves beforehand, that, that they're still there and that they still want it and that they're they're facilitated, you know, that that they're able to pursue their dream as opposed to finding themselves down like so far down a pecking order that you know they, they might seem like there's no options there for them. You know, they they need to believe that they that the, that they have a part to play here. And thanks again, Neil. I'm looking forward to working with you a whole lot more and learning from you as well, mate. And what I plan on doing as well is take the whole interview that I did with Anna Moore and make an episode of that itself in the future because there's so many stories, so many trips, so many events, so many championships, titles, wins, losses, and just just boxing stories. And I don't know about you, but certainly I could see Anna reliving each story as she's telling them in on, on the phone with me yesterday. So thanks again to Anna. We will do that in the next episode or the one after that. And you'll hear the whole lot together. So it took a little bit of a change of direction as we went from planning stage to recording. But we got there. And my hope for it is that we managed to tell the story. But tell it in a different way. And when you sit down to watch the fight, 
on Saturday night. Cast your mind back to that night in 2001 when there were as many willing and wanting and waiting for female fighting to fall on its face as there were who were willing to push it and drive it and encourage it, nurture it and grow it to what we see today. And as much as we celebrate their achievements and celebrate the unbelievable, limitless talent that we now have and we now see as it goes from strength to strength, I can't help think and wonder how many girls went over the years who would have loved, tried and been able to fight at whatever standard, at whatever level, to do what they want to do, to express themselves, to find themselves, to be themselves. And that those two teenage girls on that night had to fight that fight to break those barriers, to broaden those minds, to to smash those small, insignificant thoughts and break the stranglehold that was on this country by a specific group who ruined generations of lives. And that they had to fight that fight is wrong, but that they fought it, they won it, and set in motion wheels that will forever turn and forever raise the bar is an absolute credit to them. And I hope, and almost be tempted to pray, that we never allow any little groups, organisations, governments, or all of the above, to suppress any man, woman or child on this island, or prevent them doing what they want. The sky is the limit. And if I'm to look ahead to the weekend, I'm a little bit more anxious and edgy before this fight than I have been for any other Katie Taylor fight. Because I know that hunger, passion, determination that bubbles and boils inside Natasha Jonas is is unmatched. Check this out. All things said and done, we're looking for a Katie Taylor win in a tough, hard match. Expect Chisora to bring all he has, but just come up a little bit short for Joe Parker, which will be reinvigorated under Andy Lee. And a big special Irish shout-out to Michael Connell and James Tennyson and every and any other Irish fighter in action anywhere around the world this weekend. That's about it for me and them until then. Huge thanks to Anna Moore, to Neil Lochran, and to you for taking time to listen to this. And last but not least, to my guests on this episode, the wonderful, the vibrant, the trailblazer, Alana Neil. Until the next episode, stay safe, stay sane, and smile. All's well that ends well. <laughs>